Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at your neighbor and say, did you bring your Bible? Did, 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 did you bring your Bible? Uh, 1 Peter is chapter 4. No, no condemnation. Shame, shame. Jesus knows your name. It's not a big deal. I'm kidding. 1 Peter chapter 4. We're starting a brand new series tonight. And um, it's going to be a two-week series. Uh, I'm going to preach this week and next week. And then family dinner, we won't have any, any, any message. It'll just be worship and food that night. Uh, but, but I want to start a brand new series that really... Um, I don't want to say I made up because I didn't make it up. I felt the Lord put it on my heart this morning um, as I was sitting down to prepare the sermon for tonight. Um, I was going to preach a totally different sermon, and I was pretty excited about the idea of it. I actually didn't put anything on paper, but the idea, I'm like, I'm, I, I think this is going to be good. But I sat down this morning um, at Starbucks, um, which, by the way, um, I've officially banned a Starbucks from my uh, frequent, fly, uh, frequent flyers list. Uh, there's a Starbucks by my house, not that you care, but here's what I noticed today. There's not a single speaker anywhere around the bar area, like where they're preparing coffee, which makes sense, right? Because they should be focusing on making your drinks and getting like, your food. But the baristas, I heard them talking. Uh, they're like, we just love being able to jam. And the music was so loud, I couldn't even hear myself think. And so I set up all my stuff because I was going to study and read. And then I got up and left. And one of the breeze was like, hey, leaving so soon? How come? And I said, because it's obnoxiously loud in here. But I do love you. And uh, so I found a new Starbucks. That You didn't need to know that, but I'm just telling you that. Um, but I sat down and I felt like God put, put this message on my heart, this series. And, and let me tell you why. Because I really do believe that God is moving right now in LYC. Uh, I, I really do believe that God is doing something in our youth community. God is doing something in our, our, our lives right now. You, maybe you're here for the first time or you don't really care what God is or isn't doing in LYC. Can I tell you that if you're here or if you're a part of our family, um, if God's moving in LYC, that means God wants to move in your life. Uh, when, when God begins to move in a community, in a church, it's not just a corporate thing. It's a personal and an individual thing. And I really do believe that God is moving. And I want to talk for two weeks. Uh, what happens when God moves? What can we expect when God moves? I, I, wrote, wrote, I wrote this in my notes. Uh, when God moves, he calls us back to himself in intimate relationship with him, working in and on our hearts and lives. When, when, when God begins to move, here's one thing you can be sure of, that God, he's drawing us back into a deeper, more intimate relationship with him. God moving is not just about something cool he wants to do. It's about relationships. Someone said amen. amen. Like God is after our heart. He's after relationship. And so when, when God begins to move, first and foremost, here's what you need to know. It's about you and him. It's, it's, not, it's not about LYC. It's, it's not about something God's trying to do in the First and foremost, God, when he begins to move, he starts drawing us personally and individually back to himself. I wrote this down. Number two, God, he calls us to another level of engagement, to lean in and to surrender to what he wants to do in our life. When, when, when God starts moving, he's not just calling us into closer relationship, but he's calling us into another level. Someone say another level. Another level. Have you ever gotten to a really cool, uh, really cold pool before? Yeah. 
and like you, quick, quick show of hands, how many of you, you are the inch by inch person when you get in a cold pool? You're the inch by inch. How many of you, you're, you're like, the, we just got to get it over with, you dump, jump right in the deep end. That, that's me. I'm like, I can't do the inch by inch because if I do, I'll never get in. But it's like when you start kind of getting, getting in, in that cold water, little by little, you have to move deeper. You have to engage or lean in, if you will, as, as, as the water is getting deeper. And, and as God begins to call us, he, he, yes, wants personal relationship, but he's calling you and I to lean in at another level, to engage at another level, to be obedient and to, and to say, God, I want to lean in. I want to have passion. I want to have dedication at another level. I wrote this down, third thing. God, he not only calls us back to himself and calls us to engage, but God, he calls us together. Here's what I wrote down, that there are no lone rangers in God's kingdom. There, there, there's no lone rangers in God's kingdom. You will never see that in the New Testament that there's like just the lone rangers like, yeah, man, God's doing a lot of stuff right now and he's just called me to like go take over the world. That's not how it works. Even Jesus, someone say Jesus. Even Jesus, he did not even begin to start his earthly ministry until what? Until he called men, 12, 12 guys to himself that he might be with them and that he might send them out. God, he begins to call us together. He, he, he begins to unify us. When, when God moves, he's not just calling you individually, he's calling us corporately to unify our hearts and to together lean in and say, God, we want to experience and encounter a greater level of your presence. But here's what I know. Anytime God begins to move, it's where I want to start in this series for the next two weeks. Anytime God begins to move, here's what you just need to be sure of. The enemy starts moving too. Here's what John 10, 10 says. I know we quote it all the time, but Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly, but the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. First Peter 5, 8, we may reference it a little bit later, but Paul goes, be sober, be vigilant. The enemy, your adversary, he's seeking every opportunity to devour. When, when God begins to move, the enemy starts moving. There's a scripture, and I don't know how many will come on the screen because I gave them a bunch, but Mark 4, 14 through 15, it says in Mark 4, 14 through 15, that the sower sows the word. In, in other words, that God starts speaking. God starts uh, 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 putting in our hearts his words, and he starts calling us. And verse 15 says this, that when the sower sows the word, verse 15, it says, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, someone say, when they hear, when God starts speaking, God starts calling, God starts doing something, Satan comes immediately. How fast? Immediately. immediately. Why does the enemy begin to move simultaneously? Because he, he, his desire is to stop what God is doing. Now, hold on for a second, Brandon. Are you saying that Satan can stop God? I thought God was all-powerful. I thought God was, what do you mean? Like, how, how can the enemy stop God? Here's what you got to know. The enemy cannot stop God. Someone say he can't do it. He can't do it. Like Jesus already reigns victoriously. Jesus, when he, when he died on the cross, he, he, he descended into hell for three days and he defeated sin, death, and the grave. Jesus already has the victory. He reigns victorious. The enemy cannot stop God. However, God on this earth moves through his vessels 
through you and I. This is why the Bible says that God, he, I forget the Old Testament passage, but he says his eyes look to and fro, searching for someone to whom he may show himself mighty through. God always moves through, through his vessels. And, and here's what you've got to realize. It's, it, it's receiving by faith what God is saying and then walking obediently in that that makes a way for God to move in an increased measure. And, and while the enemy can't stop God, again, someone say he can't do it. He can't do it. While the enemy can't stop God, what he can do is he can, through a number of ways we're going to talk about it tonight, he can cause us to stop receiving God's word by faith, to stop leaning into what God's doing, and to stop with focus, with intentionality, obediently following him. And so in stopping us, he stops what God desires to do. First Peter chapter four, it's where I ask you to turn. I'm gonna read to you uh, the first five verses, and then we're gonna circle back and we'll read verses 12 and 13 um, here, here's what, what, what it says. It says, therefore, since Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Verse two, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh, the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Verse three says, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in the lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Verse four, in regards to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you. Verse five, they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Now, now skip over to verse 12 and 13. We're, we're skipping a couple passages, but... But verse 12 and 13 says this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Verse 13, but rejoice. Someone say rejoice. rejoice. To the extent that you're partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Um, Brad, how, how much of like a boss magician are you? Like, do you feel like you could do me a huge favor? It's my fault, not your fault. We're all looking at me, not you. Is there any way you think you could grab those First Peter 4 passages in the New Living Translation? Do you, do, do, do you, come on, Brad, 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 Brad. He's our man. If he can't do it, someone else can. Brad. Um, okay, so while Brad's, while, while Brad's grabbing those, write this down, title of the sermon tonight. I want to keep moving while he's looking for those. It's simply this, this is to be expected. Did you say done already? Good Lord in heaven, you are anointed. My goodness. Okay. All right. So I want to read it one more time in the New Living Translation. That's my bad. I just think it says a, a, a little bit better for us. So one more time, I want to read 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 through 5, and you can just keep it moving too. We're going to read it in the New Living Translation, and I think it'll maybe make more sense. It says, so then since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and being ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires, but you'll be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough time in the past of the evil things the godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feastings and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship, worship of idols. 
Verse four, of course, someone say, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. But remember, they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. Do you have verses 12 and 13 too? Are you that much of a boss? My goodness, my goodness. Dear friends, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were to happen to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. Again, the title of the sermon tonight is This is to be Expected. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't be surprised. Don't be, don't be surprised. Um, this probably is only relatable to, to, to the guys in the room. Uh, all, all the guys just give me a good, like, manly Tim the Tool Man Taylor grunt. <clears throat> just does it. So probably only applies. Don't say, uh, how dare you? We're expressing ourselves, okay? Um, but but it probably only applies to the guys, but, but maybe, maybe the girls too. Have you ever like for fun with like a friend, like just like punched each other in the stomach? Yep. You ever done this before? All the guys are like, yeah, yeah, I have. This is, this is no joke. Uh, just, just two days ago, uh, our neighbor, he's four. My son is three. Uh, they're, they're playing on the trampoline and my wife looks out and she's like, what are they doing? And they're taking turns, just punching each other. Just punch me, punch me, punch me. And um, we had to tell him to stop because my son, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed just yet. And he's like, punch me in the face, Hayden. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That actually may not be good. Don't punch him in, in the face. But, but you know, it's different when you get punched in the stomach. I almost said like, who wants to volunteer? But that, that wouldn't be good. It's different when you get punched in the stomach and you're expecting it, right? Like when you're like, bro, it's like, like go for it. Like I've been doing so many crunches. I've been like, my abs are insane. Punch me. And like, you're like, like you're tight. You're flush. Like there, it's different when you get punched and you're expecting it than when you get sucker punched. Have you ever gotten sucker punched before? Or you had something suck, like, like just get you by surprise. I remember uh, I, I was playing hockey. I grew up playing hockey. And um, you, you got to think like a hockey rink is round. And, and if you can just imagine on the bottom of the rink, there, there's like a yellow plastic thing. It's like the liner around the rink. And um, it was a Friday night. It was a uh, practice game. And I was skating so hard to get this puck. And I went to go get the hockey puck. And I stuck my stick there. And, and one of the pieces of plastic had kind of come out a little bit. I didn't see it. And my stick caught in the plastic. And it just whoop my gut. And I still remember like laying there thinking, I'm going to die. It hurts. It knocked all the wind out of me. It hurts so bad. And like, I mean, all I can think is like pointy object in my gut. I remember laying there being like, there's got to be internal bleeding. Like for sure. Like this is, I've been like sucker punched or this is so much worse. It's different. It's different when you get punched and you're expecting it as opposed to when you get sucker punched. I want to read this from my notes because I, I, I really, really want to say it the way that I thought about it. But I wrote this down. The attack of the enemy rarely takes out believers who are expecting it. But believers who are, ex who are not expecting it rarely make it. The attack of the enemy rarely takes believers out who are expecting it. But believers who are not expecting it rarely make it out. First Peter chapter 5, verse 12, we won't read it again. But the Apostle Paul, he goes, dear friends, 
don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Hey, my dear brothers and sisters, I, I heard, you know, kind of from, from some people, like, you've been going through a hard time. I heard it's been tough. I heard you guys have really been on the struggle bus. Don't be surprised. He says, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Do, do you know what, what so many of us think? So many of us think that when we give our life to Jesus and when God starts really moving in our life, that everything will be rainbows, unicorns, birthday cakes, and sprinkles. And so what happens for so many people is the moment there's resistance, the moment there's difficulty, the, the, the moment they go through something, they go, I must not be doing it right. Man, I like fully leaned into this thing that God was saying to me and things aren't going well. I must have made a bad decision. I must have missed it. I, I, I thought I was hearing from God. I thought God, was, I must have missed it. Why? Because we have an expectation yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's God, right? It's Jesus. Like, he just wants to bless me with every spiritual thing. It's, it's, it's supposed to be rainbows, cupcakes, sprinkles, and flowers all the time. But, but the Apostle Paul goes, hey, don't be surprised when you face spiritual resistance. And listen to this. It's kind of like backwards thinking for us. It's countercultural. But he, he says in verse 13, he goes, but instead, be very glad he, he goes, are you going through it right now? Yeah, yeah. Are you facing resistance? Totally, man. Do you feel like you're in a trial? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Don't be surprised. Instead, be very, very glad. Why? Listen to what he says. He says, for these trials, they're actually making you partners with Christ. For these trials, they're actually positioning you Shoulder to shoulder in the good fight of faith. We, we won't read them for time's sake, but there's other verses you, you could write down, like James chapter one, verse two through four, when the, James, he, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Like, like wouldn't that be the worst friend to have? Man, can, can I talk to you? Yeah, what's going on? Just like everything, man. I was roller skating on Monday. I mean, I wore like this dope neon outfit. And like it, wasn't, like, it wasn't even a glow-in-the-dark thing. And I looked so stupid because they couldn't see my glow. And um, then I was racing Pastor Brandon, and he must have been practicing because he didn't even fall. He was so fast, it was like lightning. And he, I, I just, it's, I'm going through a hard time, right? And, and your friend's like, oh, that's awesome, man. Life is, oh, dude, that, that's great. Count it all. It's like, that's the worst encouragement ever. But, but James goes, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing God's doing something. Knowing the testing of your faith, it's producing something. Romans 5, uh, verse th 3 through 5, I believe Paul echoes the same thing. And he goes, don't just glory in the grace of God, but glory in tribulations. Knowing that God, he's producing, he's doing something. I love how 1 Peter says it when he goes, don't be surprised by the trial, but rather... Count it. Be very glad knowing that it's positioning you arm in arm partners with Christ. If you're taking notes, I want you to, want you to write this down. Uh, two, 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 two things. Uh, you, you could ask this question, well, how do I know, Brandon? How do I know if I'm in a spiritual attack? 
when, when, when we start facing resistance, difficulty, we, we shouldn't be surprised, but rather we should recognize it's a spiritual thing. The, 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 the difficulty I'm facing, the, 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 the trial I'm facing, the thing that's going on, I should recognize that I'm, I'm under a spiritual attack. Let me just say this real quick. There's not a demon behind every door. Let me say it again. There's not a demon behind every door. Brandon, what do you mean? Sometimes you go through stuff because you just make bad decisions. Like, can I get an amen? Like, I have a friend who will not be named, and her car exploded. Like, like it didn't, like, fire explode, but, like, like, like explosion, like, while she, she's driving it. And um, can I tell you, it wasn't the devil. No one ever told her to change her oil. And she hadn't changed her oil in, like, five years. It's like, yo, that, that wasn't Satan. That was a lack of synthetic oil. Like, it's, it's not. But, but here's, here's what you got to realize. There's not a devil behind every door. So not everything is the enemy. But, someone say, but. Just like God works all things together for our good, the enemy works all things together for our hurt. And, and so, so track with me, follow me real quick, because I think it's important that you, that you get this. Maybe my car exploding because I didn't put oil in it wasn't the enemy. That was just me. Like maybe me getting this bad grade and being in a pinch right now in class is not the enemy. I just sleep in class and never do my homework and don't study. That's probably not the devil trying to take me down. But, but the enemy uses that. And, and so even when it's not a spiritual attack, here's what happens. He, he causes anxiety and all of a sudden we get overwhelmed and all of a sudden even decisions we've made are things, it's not a spiritual attack, it's just, that's just life, man. But he uses it to get our emotions and our thoughts and all, all, all of a sudden, and he's using it to spiritually bring resistance to pull us away from what God's trying to do. So, so how, how can I recognize? Someone say how. Wow. How can I recognize when the enemy's doing this? I want to give you two thoughts tonight. Number one, write this down. Your flesh feels it. Your flesh feels it. Brandon, what do you mean my, my, my flesh feels it? Galatians um, chapter 5, verse 17, listen to what this says. Galatians 5, 17, it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, it says for the flesh, so, so that's just like your desires. Like, like how many of you, you love ice cream? Just r- real quick, yell at me, what's your favorite flavor? One, two, three. Coffee. Someone said coffee, let's go. Uh, anybody, did you say Rocky Road? That's my favorite flavor. Come on, the, the marshmallows and the almonds, let's go, Rocky Road. Um, like, your flesh likes ice cream. So, so the flesh, that's just you, someone say you. you. Or actually, no, just say me. me. That's just like what I want to do. That's the things that I like, I want to do, the things that my nature my, my, my human nature desires, and the Bible uses a strong word, lust after or has craving for. In Galatians 5.17, throw it back up there, it says, for your flesh, it lusts or rages against the spirit of God and the spirit of God against your flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Did you know that everything God is is calling you to, that everything God desires for you, that all God will speak to you and call you into, that it is going to rage 
against what you want to do. Here's how how you can know that the enemy's starting to do is all of a sudden your flesh, like just it... It, it starts feeling it. In other words, you start having feelings like, I just don't want to do that. I, I just, I don't know, man. I just, like, I don't have a desire anymore. I just don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to, to engage. I don't really want to be planted in God's house. I, I, I don't want to put my mind on the right things. I don't want to break up with this person and like get out of toxic relationships. I like my toxic relationships. They might not be good for me, but they're good to me right now. And I, I like this place. And it's all of a sudden, you, I just don't want to do it anymore. I, I was t- telling Isaiah, like really random place, but I, I was in the shower on Thursday night, too much information. Uh, but I was in the shower and all of a sudden, I, I just like the Holy Spirit put this thought. And so um, I, I didn't jump out of the shower. That's dangerous. But I'm like, hey, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And I ran to, 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 to my phone to write this down. And I want to read it to you. It's just this, that um, generally when we say we're being led by God, it's because we feel agreement with our emotions and our flesh, and we think we can see how it's going to work out. Let me say that again or explain it. Generally, when we say, like, I'm being led by God, here's what we mean. This feels good. It feels right to my emotions and my flesh. This is something I kind of, like, really want to do. This, like, this is a good... See, here's here's what you got to know about being a Christian. Um, Your flesh... Like it, even though you do have tendencies that are sinful because God is, is sanctifying or he's renewing you and you have the spirit of God, like evil things don't, don't feel good. Like, like I, like I don't have, like it doesn't feel good to me to do bad things. So, so, so when I talk about my flesh, like wanting to do what it wants to do, it's not like evil, sinful things. As a Christian, a lot of times it's just good things. Does that, does that make sense at all? Like, like, I don't want to kick puppies. I don't want to, to, to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to f- f- fill in the blank. A lot of times, I, I just want to do what I want to do. I just want to do good things. I just want to do neutral things. And a lot of times when we're like, yeah, I'm being led by God, what we really mean is this feels right and it seems right to my emotions and my I just have agreement. Like, this is, I want to do this. And I think... I can see how it's all going to work out. And because it's neutral, because it's not bad, it's just good, I go, I think this is God. I, I can't tell you how many decisions that I've made telling friends and family members, yeah, bro, I, like, I, I just really have a sense, man, what, what God's leading me to. And if I'm honest, looking back, that wasn't God. That was me. But because I really have a desire to honor God, I like to use the God card, how about you? Bro, the God card gets you out of a lot of stuff, doesn't it? Like you want to end a conversation real quick with someone, just be like, well, I feel like God told me to do it. Conversation over. Because like not even pastors want to mess with the God. So, oh, I don't, I'm not God, so I don't know if it was God or not. But, but I like to use the God card. And I can tell you there's been so many instances where in my heart, I'm like, I think God's leading me here. Why? Because it, it feels right. I have agreement in my emotions and my flesh. And I think I can see how it's going to work out. But, but here, here's what I want to tell you. Generally, for, for, for the most part, when we're really led by God, 
It does not feel good and it does not make sense. Thus, it requires us to die to self and walk by faith. Well, well hold on, Brandon. But like, what about that whole thing that you've taught us before that we're supposed to like, you know, like be led by peace? Yes. But it's not agreement with our flesh. It's renewing ourselves in the spirit and finding peace as our spirit finds, finds resonance with the spirit of God. I, I, I'm just telling you, looking back, times that I know that I know that I know that I know that God was really telling me to do something, it didn't feel good. It wasn't something that I was like, I can't wait to, to do this. And, and also it didn't really make a whole, I, I, I couldn't see the end road. No, it required me to die to self and to walk by faith. I, I, I challenge you. And this is like a legitimate challenge because I, I need some, some help. Someone say, you need help. I need help. I need help. So like, help me be a Bible scholar. But I, I've racked my brain since Thursday. I've, and I've asked multiple people. I've racked my brain. I cannot think of a single hero of the faith or a single man or woman of God that we look up to and we aspire to be in Scripture that when they were being led by God, they found agreement they found, like, this, this feels good, and it made sense. No, all the heroes of the faith that I can think of, God asked them to do things. It's like, I don't, this isn't comfortable. I don't like this. I don't want to do this. And I don't even see how it's going to work, man. But, but what did Jesus say? Anyone who, who desires to follow me, uh, I believe it's Matthew 16, 22 through 23. Nope, not that scripture. Uh, it's Matthew somewhere. Uh, it's, Google it. It's Matthew something. Where, where, where he goes, anyone who wants to follow me, they have to die to themselves, take up their cross daily, and, and follow. How, how, how do I know when, when the enemy is trying to mess with me? Generally, my flesh starts talking to me. I, 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 don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't have a desire. I, I, I don't want to. Why? Because, because our flesh rages against what the Spirit of God is saying and doing. Number two, write this down. Your friends, someone say friends. friends. Your friends start saying it. Brandon, what do you mean your friends start saying it? First Peter chapter 4, verse 4 through 5. Throw it up again in the New Living Translation. First Peter 4, 4 through 5. It says, in regard to these, they think it's strange that you don't run with them in the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you. Talking about former friends. But remember... They'll have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both living and the dead. First Peter, Peter goes, hey, just know, not only should you not think it's strange or surprising when you go through things, not only should you recognize that, man, the more I'm dying to my flesh, the, the more that I'm willing to, to suffer in the flesh or live a life where I'm not living by comfort and convenience, not only are you partnering with Christ, but you gotta know that you're gonna have people who talk bad about you. You're going to have people who say things contrary to what you know God has said. H have you ever made a decision and you were expecting the whole world to be excited about it and all of a sudden you realized nobody was excited about it? Yep. Has ever happened to you before? Like, have you ever been responsible to pick the restaurant? My goodness. And you think you're making a winning decision and the whole group's like, this place sucks, man. Like who, like, has this ever happened to you where you're so excited about a restaurant and you take someone there and they don't like it? And it's like, I just, I, like, I thought it, I thought it was, thought it was good though. I, I, I was thinking about this. 
Do, do you remember the conversation Peter and Jesus had before Jesus went to the cross? Jesus, Matthew chapter 16, where I told you to turn a minute ago, he's talking to his disciples and he's telling them what he's about to do. He, he's revealing to them God's great plan of salvation. He's re- revealing to them, I'm about to go and I'm about to die on the cross. I'm about to go and I'm about to be the sacrificial lamb that has been depicted throughout the Old Testament. I'm about to go and I'm about to take on the, the sin of humanity and be the perfect sacrifice thus reckoned. And so he, he's revealing them to, uh, to them God's plan of salvation. And, and Peter takes him aside. Think about this. Peter, um, a, couple chap- a couple verses earlier, Peter's the guy. Someone say, the guy. the guy. Peter's the guy that goes, I know who you are. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. So Peter not only believed in the concept of Jesus, Peter had a revelation of of who Jesus actually was. So Peter believed in Jesus, and also Peter's that guy that's willing to pull out swords and cut off people's ears and get a little bit crazy. He's all about advancing God's kingdom, right? So Peter's a good-intending, well-intending believer in Jesus who wants to see God's kingdom advance. And he pulls the Son of God aside and goes, Hey, man, you got to stop all this crazy talk. Bro, you ain't going to the cross. Like you keep on talking about how you're going to, that's not how it's going to, and, and he literally starts telling Jesus, you need to stop talking about that. That's, that's, not, how, that's not how it's going to go down. And listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 16, verse 22 through 23. I, I love this. Jesus talking to Peter. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen. So Peter's rebuking Jesus. Jesus, bro, Stop and and listen to what verse 23 says. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me. That word offense means a stumbling block. I I, I want to pick this verse apart for a minute. It says you're an offense or a stumbling block to me for you are not, someone say not, Not. mindful of the things of God, but the things of of men. Let me ask you a question. If a, a believer in Jesus one of his disciples who had all intention to to see God's kingdom advance, if he told Jesus, rebuked Jesus, the Bible said, hey man, that's that's not what God's telling you to do because he was more mindful of what was going on in the natural than in the spirit. Don't you think you and I will have encounters with people who are Christian, good intending people who will start talking in our ear and telling us the things that God has spoken to us we shouldn't really be doing? Absolutely we will. Absolutely we will. And one of the indicators that the enemy's trying to, trying to get me off, off focus is my flesh starts, start, starts talking to me. I don't really know if I wanna do this. I, I don't really know if I'm feeling this anymore. I don't even really know if I'm excited about this anymore. I don't know if this is really like help, help and all this in our flesh are talking, but so do the people around us. And hear me because I want to split a hair. They are not intending to. And they're not meaning to, to be a stumbling block or an offense, but because they're so mindful or they're thinking only about natural things. And they're not, they're, they're not tuned in 
to, to what God's saying in the spirit, they, they start giving you advice and, and trying to help you. And what does it do? It starts sowing seeds in your heart that pull you away from what God's asked you to do. I, I, I don't want to make it about me, but it's the only practical example that I can think of. I, I remember, Mike's hot, by the way. I, I, I can remember feeling called to ministry. Being 17, 18 years old, just feeling called to ministry. And I really felt like God was saying, you just need to go plant yourself in the church and just start serving. And so I made the decision, I'm going to go to York Tech and I'm going to get my, all my gen ed done. And then I'm going to transfer to such and such Bible college, but I'm just going to work for free. I'm going to intern. I'm just going to serve here. And I remember making that decision. And I remember people in our church like really good, well-intending, godly people who I really looked up to telling me I was making a big mistake. I, I, I remember I, I got invited to breakfast with this guy and, um, and we're, we're sitting down and he goes, all right, Brandon, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, thanks for making time. Um, hey, you, you know that me, me and my wife, so-and-so, you know we love you. you. You know we care about you. I wanna ask you a question. What's your five-year plan? Like, I don't... Um, like I don't, like I don't have a five-year, five-year. Well, what do you mean? You don't have a five-year plan. I'm like I don't, I don't know. I just, I really feel called to ministry, and I just really feel like God's calling me to to be a pastor. And and so, the only clarity I have is I just know that God told me I'm supposed to come and just plant myself and serve. And so I'm working my job over here, just you know making money so I can you know, pay bills. And I'm going to school. And I'm just, and and he looked at me and he goes, and and, and that's your problem. I would love to help you come up with a better five-year plan so you could really make sure that you're, that you're successful in life. He was well-intending, wasn't he? Like, this is like, legitimately, I still look up to him. He's a man of God. Like, I still look up to this guy. Like, he, he's a good Christian. He's a good man. And he had good intentions. However, his mind, his focus in the moment, it was what? It was just on the natural. Well, you, you, you see, Brandon, what wisdom says is this right here. Well, you, you see, Brandon, what the, the really smart thing, and he had all these things, but all I knew in my gut, I know what God's telling me to do. And I just know that if I don't do that thing, I can't sleep at night. I, I just know if I don't do that thing that God is calling me and speaking to me and asking me to do, I just know I won't be content because I don't know how it's going to work out. And, 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 and my goodness, it is not easy for a number of reasons. I can't see the end, but all I know is this is what God is speaking. I'm, I'm 33 years old. Since I was 17, 18, I've had so many conversations with people that love me and are well-intending that in a roundabout way, rebuke me for decisions that I'm making because that just doesn't seem like it's shrewd, Brandon. That just doesn't seem like it's, and, and sh sh should we live by wisdom, yes or no? Yeah, for sure. Like, should we seek godly counsel? Absolutely. But we gotta live by every word that God speaks to us. And here's, I, I close with this, Isaiah or Kimberly, whoever, oh, I see Kimberly back there, whoever wants to close, you'll help me close real quick. But I close with this. When, when, when the enemy's trying to, to get us off focus, get, get us from not leaning in, get us off of what God's saying, our, our, our flesh will start to feel it. We'll, we'll start having people talk to us. 
will start he, 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 hearing the chatter here. What, what are you doing, man? That doesn't make sense. I don't think that's wisdom. I don't, I don't, and we'll start hearing it. And here's what, what it produces. Number, it's not, it's not a point. You can just write, write these down. But here's what it produces, those four things. You throw it on the screen. It, it produces one of these four or all four, distraction, deception, discouragement, and disappointment. All of a sudden, like I get, I'm so distracted. Okay, I got to figure this out. I, I got to do this. I got to put this in order. Like I've met so many people that they're like on fire for God. And then the way the enemy gets them like, like off kilter is, is they just get busy. Bro, I'm so busy right now. Dude, I haven't seen you in church in like six months. I know, man, crazy busy. I'm, I'm on this team and homework got crazy. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with like being busy as long as busy isn't taking you away from your passion for Jesus. He'll start using our flesh and the voice of others to bring distraction. Or what about this, to just bring deception? I can't tell you how many people, they, they get offended and the enemy uses that to deceive them into a wrong thought. Yeah, man, I don't do church anymore. I, I, I don't really do God anymore. Yeah, I'm not really leaning anymore. You know, because such and such, because someone said, because, you know, well, well my new, it, it's deception. Number three is discouragement. You ever just been like bummed out, just discouraged? Because like you're trying to really lean in, but it just see, and, and the enemy can bring discouragement and disappointment. I really thought it would turn out this way and it didn't. Have you ever, by the way, have you ever thought you knew how something was gonna work out and it didn't work out that way? Like join the club. Do, do you know how many great ideas that I've had that I thought were gonna work out like this? And it just didn't. Do you, know, do you know how many times that I've been like, all right, like I just, I know that I know that I know because God said that, and then it's like, it, it just didn't work out the way I saw it in my mind. And I heard someone say this, that disappointment lives in the land of unmet expectations. My expectation was this right here. I thought that, I, well, well, I was envisioning and, and it doesn't end up the way you thought. And so disappointment happens and, and distraction, deception, discouragement, disappointment, all of these things the enemy uses to, to get us to throw in the towel. I'm, I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm not engaged anymore. I'm not fully giving my whole heart anymore. Can I just ask you tonight, just just simple question. What is God doing in your life in this season? You don't have to have some spiritual articulate answer. It could be simple. But what is God doing in your life? Come, come on, what's the thing that you feel like God's speaking to you? What's the area that you know God is challenging you to lean in at another level? What's the area you know God has been speaking to you, maybe for weeks, maybe for months, to, to make a change, make a shift? What's God doing right now? Where's God? God is moving in our midst. And unless you're just not, not paying attention, it, it, it's hard to miss. What is God doing? And here's my second question. What, what resistance are you facing? Can I tell you, I'm facing a lot of, just personally, like just not church, I'm just personally facing a lot of resistance right now. There's just a lot of areas that I could sit down and give you a whole list. This isn't going well. This is really difficult. This is like really frustrating. I'm, I'm really discouraged right here. And matter of fact, talk about like a mood kill. Jenny and I were driving in the car the other day and she's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, and I just listed like 10 things. This is really hard. 
I'm discouraged over here. This thing where I don't feel like this will ever change. I kind of just feel like in a way that this is like just welcome to my new life. And, and I just, it, it's resistance. It's not reality, it's resistance. And, and I, I just want to encourage someone tonight, can we just recognize it for what it is? Can, can, can we like First Peter says, go, you know what? I'm not going to get sucker punched anymore. I'm not surprised by this. This is, it's to be expected because God is good and God is faithful and God is trying to do something in my life right now. And so, yeah, resistance is coming, but I will not allow resistance to cause me to back down. I will not allow obstacle. I will not allow, try. I'm, it, it, it's not gonna stop me. God, I'm focused on what you've said, what you've called me to, what you're doing in my life and with my whole heart. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.